All right, here we go. <laughs> it's Ed, Tyler, with us, and Jared. The hotkeys didn't work? Nope. So uh, my remix did not work. All right. One so, day, I'm going to know what hotkeys are. It's the thing that allows me to play sound. Oh, okay. Those aren't working today. Yep. So yesterday, you couldn't upload any sound, and today, the hotkeys don't work? That is correct. I mean, we're on pace for, like, on Monday, the microphones are just not going to work. I mean, that's... Hey, can we go home then? <laughs> if the microphones don't work? I think we have to. I don't think we have another option if the microphones stop working. I don't think we could yell that loud. You know, there is no sense in chit-chatting today. Let's get to it. This was I... a disaster. I don't know if I have a way to play the first bite sound, okay. so give me What's like... What's it sponsored by? <laughs> well, it's sponsored by the Cofield & Company <laughs> podcast. Uh, all right, hold on. The first bite. Yes. I found a workaround. Should the Golden Knights try to get shootouts removed from the NHL? Let me ask you something. Suddenly today, we got to City National Arena, and you and I can skate as well as, say, like a UNLV hockey player, right? Which, you know, good skating, right? We both get 17 shots on the UNLV goalie in a shootout. How close do either of us come? I score. I'm 100% confident I will score once in 17 tries. I don't think either of us score. I think I score. No, I, I, think, I, think I don't I'm, think you I'm, do. I, I think, think I absolutely do. score. No, you don't. But I'm going to crash come... into the boards after I shoot, but I'm going to score. You might come. I think we'd both come close. Well, I hope we both come close. We're skating right into the guy. My God, if we don't come <laughs> close, we have a major, major, especially if we can skate like the UNLV kids. Uh, this was a complete disaster. Um they are not going to the playoffs, and the shootout the last three games was uh, just awful, absolutely awful. It, the Golden Knights have been so terrible in the shootouts that today's show, they're officially eliminated from the postseason. Today's show should be mostly about how much this season, how they failed this season, how they didn't make the postseason for the first time. But instead, like the rundown that I put together, I can't believe they went 0 for 17. Yeah over three shootouts, that, that that's what it's about. Somehow that's a bigger deal than, oh. hey, they just missed the playoffs. Like, oh, for the, the stat, and I can't remember uh, what company tweeted it, but the worst ever streak that an NHL team had had over three shootouts to not score any of them was 0 for 9. The Golden Knights went 0 for 17. They, they, they almost doubled it up. And hell, they probably would have doubled it up if Logan Thompson had made a couple more saves. They would have just kept going. They'd be... They'd, Oh, not Pete DeBoer would have had to take a shot. You know he, uh, you know he plays in those rec leagues. He plays in those adult <laughs> leagues. He might have scored. He might have scored. Like zero for seventeen over three shootout attempts. Are you kidding me? How you should be able to just shoot it straight at the goalie seventeen times and he'll miss one eventually. It's I unreal. watched it. I watched it. I just couldn't believe it. Time after time, again, and then I'm thinking, okay, because it was so awful like is it getting in their heads are they skating in and and trying to do too many things you know because they're just they miss after miss after miss i don't know i'm not in their heads but it was just it was it was laughable in a sense that they kept doing it like it was almost laughable that just like i can't believe they've continued to miss three straight games in these shootouts yeah and they tried a couple new guys mark stone shot last night he didn't shoot in the other prior to 
uh, for some reason, Michael Amadio was, he was the, the last, the, the last hope, the last bastion of hope, even though Dallas had gone to overtime. So it was over, but the last bastion of hope that could beat the Blackhawks was Michael Amadio. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Logan Thompson has saved 14 of 17 yeah. shootout attempts and can't get a win in a shootout. He's been incredible. Like Logan Thompson's on pace to be the best shootout goalie of all time and doesn't have a win. Well, hold on now. Malcolm Subban. He's better than Subban now. He has a better save percentage in shootouts than Malcolm Subban. Hmm. What are you guys moaning about over there? It's we accurate. Still like, we still like Malcolm. We still right. like Malcolm. No, Logan, Thompson, as... Logan Thompson was awesome. There's no question Logan about that. Logan Thompson's been awesome. incredible. If, awesome. if, if the Golden Knights don't go to round seven the last two days... He's perfect. Yeah. It took until round seven. He's perfect if somebody just scores in the first three. We're talking about him being perfect. Golden Knights love a playoff hope if they because if they here's the thing, if they had won the last three games in a shootout instead of lost them, they're still alive. Yeah, they're they still, still alive. got a chance to go the to the postseason. Yeah, hell, they they might have, they might have a really good shot if they had gotten three extra points along the way. So, and here's the thing, Logan Thompson, he should demand a trade right now. They should walk uh, in and be like, trade me. I don't care if I can't play because it's after the deadline. Send me to Anaheim. Or Give he should demand a trade for Le- from Leonard. No, no. He, he doesn't want to play for this team. This team can't score <laughs> in a shootout. He needs to get out of here. Be like, can it, Anaheim? Can, they've probably scored in a shootout more recently. I thought the guy was great. Small sample size, obviously. But let me ask you this. Um and it's down here. I, I think 18 games, 918 save percentage. Is that an NHL goaltender? Or are we still kind of saying, I mean, take the shootouts away. He was awesome. I get that. But is he an NHL goaltender? When they go to camp next year, who's, who's, in, who's in net? Here's, okay. The ideal scenario for the Golden Knights is that they trade away Robin Leonard and his $5 million contract to help them uh, get under the salary cap. And that Logan Thompson is an excellent goaltender making less than a million dollars next year. If they pull, if they can do that, that is best case scenario because then you're solving a goalie question and you're solving a salary cap question with one move. But I don't know if a team that expects to win the Stanley Cup and a team coming off their worst season ever can go into a year trusting Logan Thompson, who has played in 18 games in the NHL. He was very good. A 918 save percentage. He was plus six in goals saved above average. Just for comparison, Laurent Brossois was minus seven. Robin <laughs> Leonard was minus 0.3. And Flurry this year was plus 0.23. So, like, plus six is very good. And if they get that over the course of next season, Logan Thompson, A, will be one of the top 10 goalies in the league, and B, he'll be making like a million dollars or less. I just don't know that you can actually trust an 18-game sample size when you're expecting to win the Stanley Cup, right? If if the Golden Knights had lower expectations, if the Golden Knights were just a, hey, we're the LA Kings of this year, where it's like, hey, it'd be nice if we make the playoffs, then sure, you could trust Thompson and try to hope you find something special. But when you're expecting to win the Cup, I I don't know that you can trust an 18-game sample size, no matter how good he looked. I also think there's a bigger deal here, at least uh, an equal deal here, is who would take who would take Leonard off your hands for three years for $5 million each. Well, the Golden Knights have proven they're not afraid to trade guys away and not get anything in return or get John Moore's contract in return from Anaheim, whoever that guy was. 
Like the, he I, was in Boston. Yeah, he was in Boston. Like the Golden Knights will be they'll be able to trade pretty much anybody they want. They just might not get anything back in return, right. which is what they've been doing for like three straight off seasons. So I, I don't have a I, I think they'd be able to trade Leonard. They just, you know, they might get uh, that Hekka Reinen guy from Chicago that they, that they then like immediately released afterwards. <laughs> and he went right back to Chicago's <laughs> AHL team. So they'll be able to get out of it. They just probably won't get anything in return, which would be funny. But it's it's a that to me, obviously, we've got to figure out what they're going to do with the front office and the coaching staff. And that'll probably be a large part of our conversations Friday or next week, whenever those decisions start to get made. But beyond that, from a player standpoint, there's probably going to be some changes. Max Pacioretty said yesterday that basically said they're expecting some changes. All bets are off. But maybe the most fascinating one is what they do at goalie and do they put their trust in and an Logan 18 Thompson. game sample yeah, size? Yeah, an 18 game sample right. size. I thought Pacioretty was really honest. And if you read between the lines, um, he's not only expecting changes, but I don't think he liked the chemistry of the team. Um, he said, you know, hard work pay, uh, you know, the hard work kind of, you know, the whole uh, idea about hard work beats talent. Um, said that the depth they had should have made a difference. You know, he said, I, all we've heard all year about the injuries, but supposedly we had good enough depth. For four minutes and however many seconds match batch already talked, I thought that was some of the best things he's ever said since he's been on the team, to tell you the truth. I should have gone back and looked it up. I feel like after one of their postseason eliminations, he was he was sort of similarly good in terms of, yeah, we failed and things are probably going to change this offseason. Yeah. I think he's, he's kind of, he, when we get to the offseason, he has a good understanding of how, how much how the they business failed works. or yeah or or what the expectations were and how far away they were from reaching them i on the player side and again the, the the front office decisions will probably shape this but on the player side i am i'm fascinated to see are they able to make a lot of significant changes like because if you're going to trade away robin leonard you're not really getting anything back for him you're prop you're trading from poor leverage in that scenario we talked about it yesterday the chance that somebody like patch ready get traded because he makes seven million dollars yep. and this team has cap issues what do they get back for these guys because a lot of these players are they're good and they have value to other teams but we've seen it year after year the golden knights trading from a poor place of leverage they don't get anything in return so i'm fascinated to see how much do they actually try to change the roster because they might be just getting nothing in return to move some of these guys. And that probably makes your team worse overall. If you tried to trade away patch for nothing to, I don't know, sign Riley Smith back or something like that. Well, they're this just, and they're not the most popular team in the league. Um, <laughs> so if I'm another team and I know their cap problems, I don't know what I'm offering them. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, you say, I, I would say, no, you have major cap problems. We'll give you this pick and this pick, and that's all you're getting. It's like, okay, so as an example, let's say, let's take Shea Theodore, who didn't have necessarily his best overall season, but had a good season from a point production standpoint and is still fairly young. I have to imagine if the Golden Knights made Shea Theodore available for a trade and, and like the other teams in the league knew it, that there would be somewhat of a bidding war. Now, it might not be as high as it should be, but I have to imagine if they traded a good player like Shea Theodore, that other teams, multiple teams, would want him enough that the Golden Knights wouldn't have to trade him for absolutely nothing. Right. Now, if you're trading Robin Leonard, I don't know that there's a market for Robin Leonard or, or a significant market for Leonard. So he's one 
where you probably get nothing in return. But if they decide to trade away good players to get under the cap, you can conceivably look at it and say, okay, you probably get something back because four teams are going to want Shea Theodore and they're at least going to bid against each other and give you more than Hakarainen or John Moore. Same with Pacioretty, I think, even at $7 million a year. Yeah, the one thing on him is he is a little bit older. Uh, so he's like the him and Petrangelo, I think, are like the oldest two on the team of the significant core. So I, I'd be curious to see how many teams would, would really want him. Uh, but he's been good enough in his career that you might get something in return. So it's fascinating offseason. We'll jump into it uh, throughout the next, I don't know, 10 days, however long oh, it takes them to make decisions. That's going to happen quick, I think, with yeah. the Last management game's and Friday. coaching. And, or if, if anything happens there, I, that has to come quick. The players, obviously, they'll wait for into the summer. But I think there's going to be news here in the next few days. Yeah. So season ends on Friday. Good, good time for their season to end, right? The NFL draft is in Vegas. They can they can end the season Friday season, fire somebody, and nobody will pay attention. Yeah. It's good good timing for the Golden Knights to miss the postseason. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into the NBA because should the Warriors or the Bucks be the favorites to get to the NBA Finals? It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Two teams advanced to the NBA last night, the Warriors and the Bucks. Um, and I have a fun stat on the Bulls for you. The Chicago Bulls were the one seed in the East on February 25th. They ended the season going 7-15, and 15, fell all the way to the sixth seed, and they won exactly one playoff game this year. You know what I call that? A fun stat. <laughs> <laughs> also fun they were bad down the stretch yeah also fun the nets did you know they were the one seed in the east as late as december 31st well i think on december 31st is when i made i picked that they were going to win the nba title <laughs> that's when i made it new year's eve there were there were three teams in the east that were the one seed for like more than five days and it was brooklyn who's already out the bulls who's already out and then Miami, who got the one seed. So this was kind of a stupid year in the East overall uh, because now the Bulls are out. The Bucks beat them last night by 16. Yeah, uh, it wasn't even close the last few No, years. 16 wasn't, wasn't even. Yeah. No. Uh, Giannis had 33 on 11 of 15 shoes. Yes. Which is uh, about as efficient as it gets. Oh, the other thing on the Bucks. Did you see Bucks fans booing Grayson Allen? Uh, I did not. So they've taken uh, they've taken charge of the players when they boo their own guy as a joke. Yeah. So this this started in Chicago with the Bucks bench, where the Chicago fan base was apparently booing Grayson Allen, and the Bucks, uh, the other players on the Bucks, just started booing Grayson Allen too when he would do something good. And Grayson Allen sort of laughed about it. He got asked about it and said, "Yeah, it's kind of fun." And so last night when they went back to Milwaukee for Game Five. When Grayson Allen checked in, some of the fans in Milwaukee booed him too. That's very cool. I don't That's like Grayson cool. Allen, but this is I I yes, absolutely this awesome. love this. This is awesome. Like this is tremendous to be like, oh yeah, we're just gonna boo our own player our own because guy. he thinks it's funny. It's it's terrific. It's one of the best things that I've seen a fan base do. So keep booing Grayson Allen. Now, the big picture question I have for you. If we're looking at 538 and their projections for the NBA playoffs this year. The team with the best odds to win the title, the Boston Celtics, 39%. The team with the second best odds, the Phoenix Suns, at 27%.
The two teams that advanced yesterday, the Warriors and the Bucks, are at 9% and 7% Whoa. respectively. Do you like Whoa. do you believe that? Do you believe that's how drastic it should be between the Celtics Suns and the Warriors Bucks? I mean, the Warrior the Celtics against the Bucks in terms of the next round, if you told me Middleton was playing, I think those odds are way way the margin is way too much. Um I I like the Celtics in the series, man. I and that's you know not breaking uh not breaking news there or making anything hot take. Um, but if Middleton doesn't play, maybe the margin is is right there. I I'm more surprised. I've got to be honest. I'm more surprised maybe about Golden State being that much away from Phoenix given um given their injuries. Yeah, I that's absolutely am too. I think. I think a big part of this is 538 uses a lot of this is how good you were in the regular season and Boston and Phoenix, their like net rating in the regular season were tremendous and better than Milwaukee, better than Golden State. And I think that's still factoring in a lot here, which it, it probably should, right? A, an 82 game sample is better than a four or five game sample size. So it probably should. But I am here. The thing that stuns me the most is that the Celtics are 39% to win the title and they're, they're, they haven't even played a game in the second round yet. Right. Because so right. 538 right now projects the Celtics 76% chance to win this series against the Milwaukee Bucks, which I thought it was going to be a great series. Right. But that seems very high to <laughs> yes. me, even, even if Middleton doesn't play. I think Boston probably That's wins a lot because of Giannis. Right. The but the other part that's amazing is that Boston is also sixty percent to get to the finals, so they're they're favored they're already favored to go to the finals over whoever the one whether it's Miami or most likely Philadelphia I guess Toronto still got a shot there but five thirty eight thinks Boston is so much better than Milwaukee and so much better than Miami that it's somehow a thirty nine percent chance to win the title when they're still like. What are we at? 10, 12 teams left. I mean, how much season. is this based on the sweep? No, I don't think it's I don't think it's based on the sweep hardly at all. I think it's wow. I, I think it's so much more about the regular season and how good they're because they've been 538's best team since like February or something like that. Like they've been really good the last couple of months, and 538 loves them. And it's just an but 39% is an insane number, especially when you consider the next best team in the East right. is seven percent in Milwaukee. I mean, hell, the one seed in Miami is at 5% to win the title and Boston is at 39%. Like that's that's a crazy that's implying that they're, they're eight times more likely to win the title. I don't I don't believe that. I don't I, I mean, I I, don't I just either. don't believe that. I mean, I they might be the best team and they probably are the best team at this point. The way they're defending, the way Tatum's playing, but that much of a margin when you have Giannis um and you know, maybe I like Milwaukee even without Middleton over over Miami despite the coaching. Uh, I, I just think the margin's way too big there. I, I think that's out of control. Can they? Here, here's going to be the biggest question: Can they defend and shut down Giannis, Giannis the same way they did Kevin Durant? Because they they Kevin Durant didn't shoot for like two straight games. They were so aggressive and physical with Kevin Durant that he didn't shoot for like two games, which is unbelievable to think. I am very curious to see how do they defend Giannis because Jason Tatum on Kevin Durant was unbelievable and I wouldn't have guessed it would have worked that well to start the series. I can't imagine they're able to shut down Giannis at anything to the level they shut down Kevin Durant. No, but if Middleton doesn't play and you have Drew Holiday, is it is it okay just to let Gian Giannis have his? 
It might be in, until then, Grayson Allen beat you with all those boos and three-pointers. Yeah, better pro than I thought he would be. <laughs> I'm not a fan. It, yeah, it's just, I I don't know. It's I'm fascinated to see because Giannis has been so good in the postseason last year, so far this year, good in the regular season, obviously, that I'm curious to see, can the best defense, can the team that just did something to Kevin Durant that I wouldn't have guessed anybody could have done to Kevin Durant, can they do that to Giannis? And here's the thing, if they do that to Giannis, no. A, they're winning the series. Might, and B, might go five at the most if they right, do that to and, him. And B, like they absolutely, it's 39% too low to win the title. They should be yes. like 79% if they can do that to Giannis. Because if they if they can do that to Giannis, who's left in their way that they're not going to be able to do that to? Like they're, if, if they can shut down Giannis the way they did Kevin Durant, there's not another player in the league no. that I think they're going to no. struggle with defensively. No. I'm trying to think of the West. I mean, like, different players, you know, in terms of the in terms of the Warriors and the guards and Devin Booker. Who knows if he's even going to play? Um, not any, not someone like Aiton or I mean, they could shut down Chris Paul. They shut down Kevin Durant. Yeah. So there'd really be no one left other than the best player in, probably in the world. Yeah. the The only thing, if they can do it, to be honest, the only thing that I would look out and say is a problem is maybe the Warriors can get enough open threes to beat them, but that's still. That's a lot to ask in seven games if it goes seven. Right. And the Warriors probably aren't the Warriors defense isn't quite the same as it was when they were right, on their when they were dynasty titles. Run. Right. Right. And the Celtics, meanwhile, defense is probably better than what the Warriors were back when they were winning titles. So it's I, if they can do it to Milwaukee, or here's the thing if they can shut down Giannis that way, they're going to win the title. But they might still win this series in six while Giannis averages 37 points right, per right. game or something ridiculous. And then you're like, all right, well, Missing Middleton is what caused is what changed that series or something. Because by the way, Sham Sharney reported this morning, Middleton's out for this series. He's done. No, He's that, not going to play that at all. Really and, hurts him. And if the Bucks really advance, he he might he might not play in the Eastern Conference Finals either. So the Bucks might be looking at no Chris Middleton for the rest of the postseason, even if they keep winning. Because if you if you're already ruled out for round two and there's already questions about the Eastern Conference Finals, there's you're a chance probably even, done. Yeah, there's you're a chance if done. they keep going, he doesn't even play in the NBA right. Finals if they get that far. So it's, yeah, the, that's probably going to be the biggest, that might end up being the biggest injury of the postseason. It's Chris Middleton and that sort of preventing the Bucks from getting back to the end. More than finals. Booker? Be, well, Booker might come back. So I think the Middleton one is probably a bigger deal. And the Suns have a much better chance to beat um, Dallas in the second round without Booker than the Bucks do to beat Boston that's true. in the second round. That's true. So Booker... Even though he's not back at 100%, Booker is expected to be back, and their path is a little bit easier to the Western Conference Finals than Milwaukee's is. So, yeah, most likely I would I would say the Middleton one's probably going to have a bigger impact on who ultimately yeah. wins the title. All right, coming up next, hey, the NFL draft's in town. Is it going to be too windy today? There's a pitch, and there's a swing. Fly ball pretty well hit. Taylor back on the track at the wall. It is gone. And Nick Ahmed with his first home run of the season puts the Diamondbacks on top. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Yeah, we'll get into losing to the Diamondbacks at some point yeah, in the show. Giants lost as well, only half game out. Oh my God, it's April 28th, and Ed is counting the standings already. All right, the NFL draft is in Vegas today. First round starts tonight. Um, but outside of any of the picks, it's going to be kind of windy today. Do you think anybody gets blown into the Bellagio Fountains? We can only hope. Oh, um, man. It would be awesome. I wanted uh, a couple guys to do cannonballs and jump in, but they t they worry too much about their suits. 
Uh, Cassie uh, Soda was out there interviewing players yesterday, and all they talked about were their suits, which, you know, I know they're, like, custom-made, and I get all that, but take a dip. Jump in. Be different. Be different. Be bold. Uh, I should know this. The, the Bellagio Fountains, that's just the red carpet that's over the fountain, Yes, right? so they'll be ferried okay. over to the red carpet, and then they'll be brought back be brought back to Caesars where yeah. the draft is. So you can't really jump in. You can't do a cannonball in celebration when it's just the red carpet. Like no, because you're not really sure where you're going. Right. Like if this was the draft stage and like you get drafted and Number then you do one a little overall? interview. Yes. Yeah, and then you can't. That would be. Then you can't. The best we, we be messed up. if you're shaking Goodell's hand, you pull him in with you. <laughs> and those guys are strong enough to do that. So they would just pull that guy back in with them. <sighs> We messed up. Well, the stage should have been over the Bellagio yes. Fountains. We messed up. Um, so, uh, not going to get picked today. Not a part of the actual players getting drafted. But Debo Samuel might be the most interesting name of the draft because he has requested a trade. Um, Jeremy Fowler wrote yesterday, many of the people I spoke to around the league considered the Jets as the front runners. Some interested teams don't expect the 49ers to move off of Samuel in the short term. Multiple teams have called San Francisco. I believe that they are listening. Uh, the Lions and Packers apparently have interest. If you're the 49ers, do you need to trade Debo Samuel today? Need to? I'm not so sure need to, but you want a hot take? Yeah. They trade Debo Samuel today. Ah, okay. So the reason I ask is if you're the 49ers, you are a team. You went to the NFC Championship game right. last year. You expect to be good this year. You expect to win. And if you're going to end up trading Debo Samuel before this season starts, it would make a whole hell of a lot more sense to trade him for a pick in this year's draft so you can take a player that will help you win than to wait until August and trade him for picks in next year's yeah. draft that are not going to help you win this year. Great for 2023 but not very good for 2022. So I, again, like you said, they don't have to by any means, but if they are going to trade him, if they are going to listen and say, yo, you want to be traded, we'll make that happen. It makes a whole lot more sense to do it today and get a first round pick or whatever the value of him would be than it would be to sit and wait around and hurt yourself for this season by trading him for a 2023 first round pick. He also seems to me, uh, listening to the 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 cuts from him in terms of the interviews and, and the quotes that he absolutely would hold out. I think he's dug the heels in a little more than others across the league. And I think that's the key for the 49ers is they've got to understand that is do they think he's going to actually hold out or is this a, Hey, I would like to be traded, but I'm still going to show up. And that like, that's something you've got to figure out. That's something you've got to gauge. The Raiders might have to do that at some point with Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro. If they right, don't get their right. extension. So that's something they've got to be able to gauge. Because here's the part. If if you're the 49ers and you're convinced that Debo Samuel will still play, right, that he's just not going to be happy about being in San Francisco, you probably keep him because he's really oh, yeah. good. Yeah. So if you, if you think him. it's a bluff, then don't trade him. Yeah. But if you believe that he would not play this year, then I think I think it's in their best interest to trade him today. Now, off the 49ers side of this, can I ask you, why are the Jets so desperate for a wide receiver? Uh, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis. I think those are the starters. Um, I think they, I think they think they need depth there. They're hoping, they're hoping other guys that bounce back years. 
I think another receiver, you know, comes with the first round pick. They probably think they need another one to be, you know, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they think they need a wide receiver to be a contender, but I think right. they think they need a wide receiver to add depth and to be better. And that that's that's where the question is for me. If the 49ers, because they tried to get Tyree Kill, and if they if right. they're they're interested in Debo Samuel, if they get either one of those guys. Uh, they're still the fourth best team in their division. Yeah. Neither one of those guys changes. One wide their receiver is not going to make them trajectory. a contender, right? And so I'm fascinated because if if you're the Jets right now, I don't think you want unless there there's got to be the only thing that makes sense to me. Okay, the only thing that makes sense to me is if there's like they've got like a a three year off season plan, right? And step one is to go get a number one awesome wide receiver, and then next year they add a couple other things. And then the year after that, they add the last pieces, and then all of a sudden, boom, they're contenders. But just getting Tyreek Hill or just getting Debo Samuel this year doesn't change anything for them. They're still not going to the playoffs. They're still finishing fourth in the in their division. Like I just don't understand why they're obsessed with trading for a proven wide receiver. Because here's the the, the problem with it is if you're the Jets. To get Tyreek Hill, what'd you have to give up? A first-round pick. To get Debo Samuel, you probably have to give up a first-round pick. They should be using those picks to try to find star players that they don't have any money for four or five years. Why don't they just do something like take Drake London, the SC kid? Yeah, I mean, to me, that makes more sense where they're at because if you if you get Drake London and he's an awesome then wide he's receiver, awesome. then you're fine. You get him for five years, yeah. and you you there's no expectation that you're winning anything now but hey if you hit on a couple of these first round picks then you're going to be you could be good in the future and be a playoff team and then you go trade for the Tyree kill right. of 2024 or whatever or the Debo Samuel to sort of fill it out it's like like the the Raiders at least made the playoffs last year before trading for Devontae Adams the Raiders at least have some hope that they could go to the postseason and make a run by getting the number this number one wide receiver, the Jets don't have any help. So that one, I I cannot figure out why they're obsessed with getting it's a wide the receiver. Jets. I, I guess, I guess it's just that's the team that makes no sense. The one that makes a lot of sense and would be funny. What if the Packers landed Debo Samuel <laughs> after giving up uh, Devonte Adams? Like, what if they traded just a first round pick? Well, they Debo have Samuel? they have we know they have a couple first rounders, right? And so they and so their offseason basically would have been they swapped Adams for Debo Samuel and they picked up a second round pick. Like not bad. Would they be better? Would they be better if that happened? Hmm. Uh I'm not so sure they'd be better. I, I that's a that's a really good question. And as good as Debo Samuel is. I mean, you know, they the 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 carrot in there is like you said, the second round pick. Even if the other two are washed, they they got a second round pick out of the Raiders. And if you're if you hit on that second round pick, maybe they would be better in the long run. Last season, playing with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams had fifteen hundred receiving yards. <laughs> Debo Samuel playing with Jimmy Garoppolo had fourteen hundred. <laughs> and he rushed for three hundred more. I think they'd be better if they got Debo Samuel. Even, even not even counting the second round pick, I think if they got Debo Samuel, they are better than they were last. Well, if they, they get had to Debo cut some Samuel, play- though, we'll both be laughing. They had to cut some people because of the salary cap, but right. the Debo Samuel Aaron Rodgers connection would be better than the Aaron Rodgers right. Devonte Adams connection. And if they were able to pull that off, I'd be looking around saying, "Okay, they are somehow they are just fine." That losing Devonte Adams meant nothing. the The interesting part of that, Jeremy Fowler's story on on Debo Samuel hinted at the fact that the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan 
would not want to make a trade with the Packers because they've played so much in the postseason. Oh, so they don't want him coming back and killing him. Right. And I guess they're in the, you know, they're in the NFC. So conceivably they could play again in the postseason. So I find that interesting that like, what, what if the Packers had the best offer for Debo Samuel? If the, if the 49ers decided we're trading Debo Samuel and the Packers had the best offer, are they accepting it? Or are they accepting a slightly worse offer from the Jets? If if both offers include a number one, they might take the Jets offer because obviously oh. you're going to have to give up a number one for this guy. Man, I'm I, to be completely honest with you, I would absolutely hate that if I was a 49ers fan. Like the oh, I, if you're a fan, you want them to take the best deal, right? Because the, like the fear, not and who if knows if refused... you're really going to play him. I mean, they well, yeah, played exactly. a lot. I get That's... that, but like now you're really guessing here. Right. The fear of, hey, we can't trade him to Green Bay because we might play the Packers again yeah, silly. in the postseason. Listen, if you have a good postseason run, you're only going to play like three playoff teams. You're only going right. to play three playoff games. And the odds of it being the Packers is still pretty low, even if they find a way to match up almost every season. So I just don't believe that, that's, that that is a terrible way to make a decision is, hey, we're afraid we're going to play the Packers again in the postseason. Okay, but a first-round pick from the Jets is worth a hell of a lot more than a first-round pick from the Packers because at least you know you're picking in the top ten every year. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, if yes. you got the if you got one yeah. of the Jets' top ten picks as opposed to well, the, Raiders the Jets, picking so in the you'll 20s. probably get. A, they're not going to win. We already know what the picks are for this year, Jared. Okay, this isn't. We're not trading. We're trading for Where's picks the Raiders, now, uh, not picks in the future. Tyler, where'd the Raiders go in the first round? Twenties, right? Twenty-two. Green okay. Bay has 22 and 28. The Jets have uh, eight. four and... I thought they had eight. No, no? four and ten. A oh, four and ten. Is where the oh, that's Jets a better deal. Because they got Seattle. They still have Seattle's first-round pick for... Um, was that the Jamal Adams trade, I think it was? Uh, man, Seattle traded for a safety, and they could be picking 10th <laughs> overall this year. Jesus. Tyler. They, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, can we do some on-air planning after you're done? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Do oh, it. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Uh, I have something that I'm required to play. I don't think you're going to be able to hear it because of how I jury-rigged this thing to play, but uh, I have to play this uh, open. An open right now? You have to play an open? He's about to play it. I'm about to play it. Well, hold on. on. We have to do a giveaway right now, too. What do we need to do first? Well, okay, I'm going to play this open, and then I'm going to say, Tyler, who are the Raiders picking? You're going to give it to me, then I'm going to play the close, and then we're going to do the giveaway, all right? Okay, sounds good. The Press Box, Path to the Draft, here on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM, is brought to you by the iconic Sahara Las Vegas. Tyler, who are you picking? (laughs) After trading away Darren Waller, the Raiders pick Armani Rogers. Uh All right, hold on, let me play the close. That was the Press Box Path to the Draft, brought to you by the iconic Sahara Las Vegas, here on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. All right, giveaway time. We have two tickets to go see the Colts. They're coming to Las Vegas on May 8th at the House of Blues. You can buy tickets at Ticketmaster right now, or you can win a pair of tickets from us. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number five to win a pair of tickets to go see the Colts. Today's Bischoff's Briefs is taking a look 
at Robin Leonard. And if you didn't know, he deleted his Twitter account earlier in this season, but it's back. And the first thing he did when he came back was he liked a tweet. That tweet was from Mike McKenna. He used to work for the Golden Knights, but now uh, analyzes hockey and goaltenders. Uh, somebody asked Mike McKenna on Twitter, on Twitter, how was Robin Leonard set up to fail? And Mike McKenna responded with, being the guy to replace Flurry, Leonard has to win a Stanley Cup to be accepted, which is completely unfair. Robin Leonard liked that tweet. Hmm. Do you believe Robin Leonard was set up to fail? By the fan base, yes. Um, I saw his Instagram post yesterday and the comments. I think it was Instagram. Someone put on Twitter with all the comments. People are out of their minds. Uh, and sick in a lot of ways. Uh, that's why I only do Twitter as social media, and only because of my job. I don't do any other social media. Um, people are just completely completely crazy. So by the fan base, yes, he was set up to fail. I don't know if he was set up to fail by the team. Uh, they just made a choice on you know who was making more, who was older, who they thought probably the DeBoer probably wanted uh, Leonard instead of Flurry. That's who the coach wanted. So I'm not going to say he was set up to fail, but fail by the team, but by the fan base, he has to win a Stanley Cup, right? And even then... Even then, he could win a Stanley Cup in six, and we'd get, yeah, but Flower would have done it in five. I don't think he has to win a Stanley Cup to be accepted. I think the entire conversation around Robin Leonard this season is completely different if they're in first place. I don't think this has... Uh, it, sure, people are still going to want Marc-Andre Fleury, miss Marc-Andre Fleury, but if they were in first place, and if they lose, if they lost in the Western Conference Finals again, I don't. I think that would be enough for Robin Leonard to be accepted sure he gets some blame or whatever but Marc-Andre Fleury kicked puck into his own net in the semifinals last year like it happened so I I think he was put into a very tough situation where he had to be the guy to replace the fan favorite but I don't think it's accurate that he has to win a Stanley Cup to be accepted I think if they by were who the winning, fans but yeah by the fans I think if they were winning that we wouldn't care as much, right? It wouldn't be a conversation about Marc-Andre Fleury. People wouldn't be that worried about it if they had been winning this year. And again, both, if you go by goal saved above average, Leonard was minus 0.3 this year. Fleury was plus 0.2. They were both basically dead average goaltenders this season. Now, Leonard had a, like 74 injuries. So who knows how healthy he was playing. And Fleury got traded midseason and is maybe the starter for the postseason in Minnesota. So it's not like either one had a normal season, but neither one significantly outplayed the other. They're basically the same guy this season. I think if this team was winning, we wouldn't be talking about hmm. it. But because it's the first time they've missed the postseason, that that's a massive deal. Now, are, is the fan base ridiculous? Absolutely. But they're ridiculous. It's not just about Robin Leonard. He might get the worst of it. But this is not the only guy that's getting. Oh no! They all criticized. want the coach fired. They all want yeah. the GM fired. Uh, some of the comments I saw were just so out of left field. Well, not really for that fan base. Uh, but you're right; he's not the only one who takes grief on this stuff. I think if he liked the tweet, he believes he was set up to fail. And I think that's the bigger problem. He is looking back on his time in Vegas, which might not be over. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. And he has already decided they set me up to fail. I have no chance. Yeah, I mean, I think if he liked the tweet, that's exactly what he thinks. And, yeah. you know, I think he got caught up in the whole flurry stuff. And, I, I, you know, I mean, it would have been normal in human nature to get caught up in the flurry stuff, given what the fans have said to him on social media. But I don't know with Robin Leonard. I, I, 
half the time, I, you know, I, I think there's some definitely some personal stuff when it comes to the team and Flurry. I think he's very sensitive um, in a lot of ways. He's a sensitive guy in terms of, you know, listening to this stuff and, and, and paying attention to this stuff. He deletes Twitter, then he comes back on Twitter. He goes on Instagram. I mean, he knows what fans are going to say, and yet he still does these things. He the the problem is, and this is kind of the point McKenna was getting at. He just took it to the to the furthest possible uh, extreme with winning the Stanley Cup. The problem is Robin Leonard hasn't done anything to endear himself to the Golden Knights, right? He he was good in the postseason in the bubble, and they lost because they couldn't score any goals. But that's kind of been it. You know, that was the first year they traded for him. He was good in the postseason. But the following year, he was still good last year, but Flurry was better. And then in the postseason, Flurry was the guy, even though Flurry's one of the main reasons they went home. Like he just, and then this year, hurt and didn't play a whole lot, wasn't great when he did play. Like he just hasn't done anything to endear himself. If they, if they win, uh, if, they, if he had been healthy this year and they win a couple of postseason series because of him, then all the conversation is completely different. I don't think it's a Stanley Cup or they're not accepted thing. I just think he hasn't done anything yet to really endear himself to the fan base. So there's nothing to really point to other than, yeah, he's been okay for a long time. There's always going to be people, though, who hold out for what McKenna said. That I think there'll always be people behind. Yeah, I think there'll always be people behind that, which is completely ridiculous and unfair. Like you said I mean, to start, if it's, the, if it's if there's somebody that believes the only way Robin Leonard is accepted is if he wins, I I won't accept Leonard as my goalie until he wins a cup. Then you're going to find a reason even after he wins a Stanley Cup to not accept him. Probably there, there's going to be if you if that's what your thought process is right now, it's not going to change when they win the Stanley yeah, Cup. You're, probably you're going to be like, oh yeah, they won it in spite yeah, of but Robin in spite Leonard. of him because they had to win games five to four. Right. So I, I think if anybody with that thought process, it's not going to change. It's going to stay that way until the very end, until Leonard is gone. Now, one flip side of this is Logan Thompson in the best possible place. I think he's in the, I think, the, I mean, look at, look at the comments on his, on his uh, um, resume with how much they love him now. And let me ask you this. Is it more that they're looking for a replacement for Robin Leonard? That they love so. Logan Thompson so much, or it's because they really so. think Logan Thompson's the guy. I, I think the this this whole idea of Leonard had to replace Flurry and not going to be accepted or whatever. The flip side of that is whoever replaces Leonard is going to be accepted yes. immediately. And Yuri we've, Patera, we've already we've already seen that. I mean, Logan, Logan Thompson was very good. That helped. If Logan Thompson yes. came in and was god awful, nobody would be pumped about Logan Thompson. But he came in and was very good in a small sample size and is is already like we had the conversation is he the starting goalie next year for the golden knights i mean that's that's a legitimate conversation that's going to be had and i think from a fan base standpoint more people than not would I, probably prefer logan thompson be the guy i hope they play the backup tomorrow night yuri patera Why get not? him in the nhl Dude, don't play anybody play all 40 the save shutouts yes 